enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. wrestling finally there is a podcast on the internet devoted to professional wrestling i am your co-host mr luke jack and eddie like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show today and as always i am joined by my two loyal stable mates we run roughshod everywhere we go breaking clowns and making towns the hair metal hero chris tyler hey i'll put you in the small package baby <laughs> and the grizzled young vet himself, my brother Jason Jackanetti. Hey, how's it going? Oh my god, the black scorpion! <laughs> the black, oh, 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 where, where? Shit, sorry. Shit. Stern. <laughs> black scorpion got us early tonight. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say. Fuck. Couldn't, couldn't even sing my song here. Yeah. <laughs> He's a grizzled young vet. He's a grizzled young vet. He's worked so many towns that sometimes he forgets. Don't matter if he's curtain jerking or the main event. He's a grizzled young vet. He's a grizzled young vet. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. Yeah. Well, hat tip to Luke Gallows. Luke Gallows, my boy. Yeah. Uh, whom I, I am the. I, I was dressed as Luke Gallows. I went to a uh, New Year's Eve party. The host said, Oh, it's a black white party dressed in black and white so i wore black jeans my luke gallows t-shirt and a black uh, impact wrestling skull cap i went as luke gallows who uh even though it wasn't a costume party yeah, so. <laughs> yeah you got to cosplay just for the hell of cosplaying it's okay <laughs> i just said hey, i'm a good brother good brother but uh, i need i needed my wingman good brother i needed somebody smaller than me wearing a carl anderson shirt but yeah. again alas 
not to happen, but we are not here as much as I would love to do a podcast all about Gallows and Anderson, my boys, who I love so much. Uh, as in the immortal words of Luke Gallows, we won one match, sold a million T-shirts, but uh, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt Angle. It's true. It's true. It's, it's true. It's damn true. Uh, so. The three the the, uh, the three eyes saved my life, but uh, we are here on on get back to the wrestling tonight and. Um, you know, some, sometimes we get questioned about why we aren't more punctual. It's because we're bringing you high-quality <laughs> broadcasts like this. Certainly, certain, certainly not, you know, something we meant to do months ago, but we're only getting to now. That, that, that's not the case here. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, Jay, what are, we, what are we talking about on this episode? Um, so this episode, we said, you know what would be really great for Survivor Series? Up with our uh, dream Survivor Series match. Each one of us book our own Survivor Series five on five dream Survivor Series match, um, and we did. We did that, and then uh, life, you know, slowed things down, and uh, now you're getting it. So, uh, <laughs> look, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, it could be worse. You could be sitting here. How you could be having to watch Monday Night Raw live every oh. fucking Monday. Uh, oh. You know, or you could say to yourself, "Hey." I want to hear what, you know, five-man team that these guys come up with each individually uh, that, you, you, again, um, you know, whatever psychology we bring to however we're ma- making our five-man teams, uh, I will guarantee you that someone definitely thought that out far far more than maybe having, you know, Seth Rollins chase Dean Ambrose all around an arena for three fucking hours. Yes, that was a goddamn fucking episode of Raw. Um, we're... <laughs> Yes. And it didn't even involve Paul Bearer getting no. thrown down a flight of steps. It didn't. <laughs> God rest his soul. Um, yeah. You know, kind of thing. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think I think this is, is one of those things I think um, – and I think it's one of – you know, fantasy booking, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, God, I hate fucking fantasy booking. But everyone fucking fantasy books. You fantasy book everything. And we're like, I don't fantasy book. I mean, shut up. I'm in my playoffs for my uh, fantasy football team. Like, yeah, it's fantasy booking, dude. <laughs> You know, it's like, I don't fantasy book. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go write my fan post about why they're using Becky Lynch wrong. Yeah. Oh, but what I'm saying is, but it's not even that. Dude. Like, it's, it, it could even but, that, but that's still fantasy book. They should do this and they should yeah, do that. Right. Anytime you say who would win in a fight. Yes. Yeah. You're yeah. fantasy booking it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's just right. the way it is. Right. Yeah. But I'm saying, but like, I mean, it's, it's so funny. People make fun of whatever. And I'm like, you're making fun of that. But like. You you worry about you're so worried about like and I'm not, I don't mean like I don't mean you're playing in a league where you're you know chipping in like a thousand dollars to be in this league and it's worth money like you know you, you're worried about your fantasy football team coming out there like how is that really any different than what we're talking about here at wrestling you know yeah. kind of thing like to be honest with you the difference is damn fucking Antonio Brown is not faking a knee injury to sit out because he's a goddamn fucking pussy I'm just saying and he's on my motherfucking team I got I got Antonio Brown and Odo Beckham Jr. that's right I do and <laughs> motherfuckers didn't fucking play that's not why i lost to kelly in the finals but um you know, in, my, <laughs> in my my other league i lost in my other league by like half a point oh fuck literally one receiver he needed to get only 36 yards for the other team and he got like 40 yeah. <laughs> I'm like are you serious yeah. bro yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god Oh my God! So, anyway, so yes, we're going to come up with our our dream five on five Survivor Series matches. Now, um, for those of you who have been uh, loyal listeners here, you know that my favorite event of the year is always Royal Rumble, and it's really hard to book a thirty man Royal Rumble 
fantasy book, and that's kind of a lot of like that's fucking. Yeah, that would be a too much. Yeah, it's kind of that's too much, right? And 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 then there are guys who, you know, you maybe maybe you're a SummerSlam guy or a WrestleMania guy, but I know my brother has forever been a Survivor Series guy. He is he is, yeah. he is a Survivor Series guy, and I love Survivor Series. Don't get me wrong, I always love Survivor Series too. But when the Royal Rumble, because I love Battle Royals and the Royal Rumble, like holy shit, fucking shit, this is awesome, well, right? Yeah, I mean the thing to me about the Survivor Series, it's it's one of those things we we they, it gets talked about a lot on the internet and stuff as as you get guys our age and stuff looking back. A lot of it, I think, is the the sense memory, the surrounding stuff of it. I remember being a little kid eating Thanksgiving dinner and then watching Survivor Series with with Jay and my dad. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that that is, and I love Thanksgiving. I uh, I recently described myself to uh, to Professor Allen uh, over on the Comics Reading Journal as a quote staunch Thanksgiving hardliner, and and so I always associate Thanksgiving and turkey with Survivor Series, and to the point that a few years, well, more than a few years back now, when Impact back when they were still TNA, mm-hmm. they did. When they were on Thursday, they did a show on Thanksgiving and did a four-on-four elimination main event. Yep. And Bob, I remember Bobby Roode saying, it's like, there's something traditional about everybody having some turkey and sitting down and watching wrestling. Yep. So, and, 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 and I was like tag team wrestling. And so Survivor Series to me was always interesting to see how they would put together a team and how many, how many storylines could you run in one match? Right. You know, because you'd have the two top guys would be feuding with each other, and then maybe the two mid card guys might have been working together, and then maybe the tag teams were. So can you can you run three programs in one match? You know, uh, it doesn't have the long form storytelling of like the Royal Rumble. Not that they do a lot of that anymore, unfortunately. They do it a little bit, but not 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 like they used to do. But uh, to me, that, that that's why I've always loved the Survivor Series. So that was why I, I suggested this. Uh, uh, this this episode topic, and I'm very eager to hear uh, everyone's selections for their their two for their teams. Oh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the other thing too is when you think about Survivor Series, and again, you know, thinking back now, and now again, Survivor Series now doesn't run Thanksgiving night anymore, or whatever. I remember, um, you know, uh, as you go through when you're a kid going through school, you know, I mean, you have you know you have you know Halloween and whatever, but Thanksgiving is always a short week of school, you know, kind of thing. Like he always had Thursday right. and Friday off. Um, and I remember when uh, they ran, you know, like uh, back in the day, pay-per-view, you'd have to call um, if you had a cable box. Uh, if you had, if you didn't have a cable box, you had to go get a cable box and bring it to your house. You would call them and they would turn on pay-per-view. And I remember the week they, uh, we had Survivor Series, we're going to get it. And then they turned on pay-per-view and they, her mom called on Tuesday and they turned it on on Tuesday. And they're like, oh, we'll just turn it on for you. So it's on. Right. And what was the move? And again, pay-per-view at that time was show one movie all day long on one channel. And it was Predator. And they showed Predator. <laughs> yeah. So Luke and I had to watch Predator a good six to eight times. We, oh, no, we own Predator, that. you know, kind of. Right. Thing. And we just watched we Predator, over Predator in the theater for crying out loud. <laughs> right. Exactly. We, we watched Predator over and over and over again. And then the day of on Thanksgiving Day, they just showed Predator all day until it's time Survivor Series to come on. Then they showed Survivor Series. Then they showed Survivor Series again. Then they showed Survivor Series again, and then they showed Predator again. And the <laughs> thing is, they just kept showing Predator over and over and over again for the rest of the week until they until you know. But the thing is, it's a short week for everybody, so it wasn't like all of a sudden you know RCN all the employees are rush, rushing in on Friday. They just they just kept rolling all weekend, and Monday morning they got in. They go, okay, who ordered pay per view? Great, we'll just turn them off, and they would turn off the pay per view. 
So you basically got a week of pay-per-view for, <laughs> you know, instead of being four ninety nine for the one movie kind of thing, you know, we, we, or whatever it was, like the $3, you'd watch the movie all day long. They, they just turn it on and leave it on because it was like a big thing, you know? And um, same thing with WrestleMania and stuff like that. But Survivor Series was always one of those because it was always a short week. It wasn't a Sunday. Like, you know, you kind of could enjoy it. And, and there is a tradition. There's a tradition of watching um, wrestling on Thanksgiving that I think a lot of people of the right age truly remember. Uh, just like there was a big tradition of watching wrestling on Christmas. Um, yep. You know, depending on what part of the country you live, down south especially, you did Christmas, you had Christmas dinner, and then you went to wrestling that night. In Memphis, in Texas, in Florida, and, you know, the, 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 the you know, the, um, the, the Christmas Star Wars. You know, it, it's what it's there. I mean, it, it's become part of tradition. So, yeah, this should be this should be interesting. I, I am I am interested in because my team, you know, again, again, how I put my team together, how Luke put his together, how Chris put his together. Um, it should be really interesting. So, uh, you know, I, I, I do just want to add there are two shirts I wear every Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. One of them is my WKRP turkey drop shirt. Oh, sure. <laughs> and the other is my vintage retro style survivor series t-shirt that i love so much that's my that's actually probably my favorite uh wrestling shirt with that and like my my original raven shirt because i just i just love that shirt so much but anyway that that is neither here nor there so so how do who who wants to curtain jerk this episode (laughs) all right i'll do i'll do it because i got my my once maybe maybe odd pick First, well, how, my, how do we want to do this? Well, we want to do, our, to our, do we, our full teams. Yeah, do our full teams. You want to do that, Chris? All right, we're just yeah. All right, we're just gonna do the full team. All yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we start with faces or heels. Whichever you want to go with, whatever you're gonna do. All right, all right, um, all right. I'm gonna start with my heel team then. Okay. Um, all right. So I'll save my surprise one for, as my my last named one on here. Um, so. Uh, I I got I got a lineup of Ric Flair, okay, Andre the Giant. Oh my God! <laughs> well, I'm, I'm guessing this is '70s Afro Andre the Giant. Uh, well, yeah, heel Andre, of course. Oh, oh no, yeah, '80s Afro. 80s, Andre. 80s, 80s yes, Afro. I heel Andre. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt Angle, Goldust, ooh, and Jacques Rougeau the Mountie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a team, and you know what though, you 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 kind of chuckle. That sounds like an actual Survivor Series team. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> I think I've seen that team. <laughs> well, I I this these, this was my criteria sure. for picking. I didn't pick. I actually only picked WWF slash WWE wrestlers that actually wrestled in a Survivor Series. So I held uh, myself to that. Okay. That's, so that's, it's, that's, that, that yeah. Go on. I'm sorry. So that you know, just just for a little clarification, because I mean, I think otherwise I would have spent six days trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do. <laughs> oh but uh, that, that is a hell of a team because you've got, you know, you you've got you've got the technical guys. Yep. You've got you've got just an all around tough guy with uh, with Rougeau. Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't think of the but the Rougeaus were tough SOBs, man. And uh, you know you don't you don't think of that because you always think of them as as the baby faces as the Rougeau brothers you know but they 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 could mix it up and then of course you got you got Andre yeah you have to have Andre you gotta have a powerhouse yeah Just gotta and and appropriately one of my favorite Andre moments 
happened at the first Survivor Series when he, he throws Hogan out of the ring. And, you know, that was Hogan beat Andre. That was the first time they had been in the ring together since WrestleMania three. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a that's a hell of a team, dude. I mean, I'm mean, telling you <laughs> right now, I'm looking at that team going, man, I, you know, and, and the thing is, I can just imagine the interview. You know, <laughs> just Andre standing in the back. Gene, my God, Gene, woo! Yeah, just, just Ric Flair, just, just Andre in the back, just rubbing his hands together. Just staring. Just <laughs> rubbing his hands together. And, and you know they wouldn't, the Mountie would be like, and the Mountie, you know, kind of thing at the very end, just let him get his, like, lum line in. You know, just, just Andre, just big-eyed Andre, you know, giant bug-eyed Andre, just rubbing his hands together, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> Holy shit. You know, and, you Gold know, dust and, touching himself. Yeah. Yeah, just rubbing all over his body. And he'd be, yeah. and of course he'd be next to Kurt, who would not realize what was going on. Yeah. Because nope. it's it his heel Kurt Angle. So he's yeah. completely, you know, with the hair. It's not even bald Kurt Angle. It's, <laughs> oh, it would absolutely be wigged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Huh, this guy next to me, he's kind of weird, huh? All right. All right, Rick, I guess we're good, huh? We get out there? Let's do this. We put our hands in? You know, kind of thing, you know. On, on, on three. Team angle, on three. Here we go. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. So, so okay. So, what, what face team could obviously match up with them? That's, that's really what it's going to – that's really the, all right. that's really the killer part here. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. I, you know, okay. So – We'll keep that Canadian connection going. I got Bret Hart. Okay. I've got the Macho King Randy Savage. Ooh, Macho. So we're Macho Kings. We're going the, with with the full the full uh, the, the 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 shirt and the pants. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I do have a tweener in here. Okay. Yeah. But it but it makes sense for this. I've got Shawn Michaels on the same team as mm, Bret Hart. Yeah. So you get a little little drama there. Uh, Jeff Hardy, because I needed a high flyer. I just I have to I have to have some high spots, and uh, I had to put Hogan in because yeah. it just made too much sense. Yeah. Not not the most you know outlandish team. Probably probably a little too strong, but. Uh, you know what though? I'll be honest with you. If you think about it, I mean, because again, and, and 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 to be you know, if you, if you really thought about like the way the teams are laid out. Andre and Hogan cancel out. That's an immediate cancel yep. out. You now have Ric Flair. Flair, I mean, Flair could go with anybody. Yep. Just to see Flair and Bret Hart in their prime, you know, which, of course, we never saw, um, you know, because, again, by the time Flair and Hart were able to actually get in the ring, it just never happened. And same thing with Flair and Michaels. Like, uh, But Flair could go, I mean, Kurt Angle with, with and just, you know, Kurt Angle, it's, it's, it's always amazing to me. Kurt Angle picked up the business and like, like you know, so quick and became such an amazing wrestler, you know, a, a professional wrestler. It's such a, you know, it, people kind of forget that like this, he didn't do this for that long, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but you know, but you know as well as I do, uh, and, and Luke will back this up. Randy Savage, man, Randy, oh. man, Randy Savage could just Savage and Flair. I could watch Savage and Flair go, and they could they could have a different match every time. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. I. You know, it, it's 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 odd because growing up, I, I always liked Randy Savage, but I was never like a huge mark for Randy Savage. Right. You know, and watching Savage now, not just his WWF stuff, but even because I've, I've been rewatching the like Nitro from the beginning. So watching him in WCW, 
And and Jay, I, I, I it was either you or Bob. I, I sent a message about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, watching him there, you you can see this fire because Vince told him that he was too old and had transitioned him out of the ring. And you could see that Randy still felt he could contribute. And he goes over to WCW and he is going bananas. He is the most over guy. Him and Sting are the most over guys in the company. And he's out there every week busting his ass and doing great shit. It's like I I wish I had been a smarter fan to really appreciate Randy Savage when I was watching him growing up because he is just amazing. The shame is – some of the shame in in, in the WCW stuff, um, people – uh, with Savage is people are like, well, I remember the NWO and like, yeah, because the NWO got so bloated and like not Savage himself, but like the whole NWO stuff got so bloated and too much and whatever that a lot of guys kind of like good stuff got lost in it. You know, yeah. people remember the finger poke of doom and finger. Rem- people remember, you know, uh, you know, everyone joining and everything, this and that, and you know, the, the, I mean, it just becomes too much because yeah. the NWO just got too much, too big for itself. Um, but oh, like Savage's work with like Ric Flair and the sure, Horsemen, sure. and or or leading up to the Horsemen getting reformed and his and when he wins the world title and all that, it's like you could see. I mean, it, it was like a rebirth, mm-hmm. you know. And but but he was always this good. Our our good friend Bob Hansen did an episode of his Bobcast a couple of months ago where he talked specifically about the Macho King run. Yeah, and and Bob was watching not just like the pay per view matches, but like. The, the the TV matches and stuff and the promos and all that and it's it's just amazing stuff. I I, I really really like your your babyface team, yeah. Chris, and they match up right. so well because the the first thing I picture in my head is Jeff Hardy, you know, playing Ricky Morton, getting pounded on by the Mountie and Goldust and Flair tagging in and out. Yeah, you know, and and maybe Hardy in an ankle lock at some point, you know, with Angle like picking him up in the air. Like well, Jeff Hardy you know. could not withstand being in Kurt Angle's ankle lock for that long. But you know My it. You God. know. You know. At some point, Jeff Hardy's going off the top rope, and Andre's catching yep. him. Andre's yes. catching him. And and again, 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 we we, we can Andre the Giant clearly and Jeff Hardy never wrestled each other. Um, but like we've seen the Big Show catch him. You know, you're like, oh, like Andre, yeah. like I mean, and and nothing taking nothing away from the Big Show, but Andre like was such an amazing athlete. Uh, you know, kind of thing. And again, I know this is a little older Andre we're talking about here, but he still was strong as anything. Can you imagine Jeff Hardy just catches him? The crowd would go, <gasps> like, that's like the, the, the air. We get sucked out of the arena, you know, kind of thing. Um, God, that's so crazy. And just the idea of Goldust and Macho Man in the ring together. Yeah. Like posturing at each other is just awesome. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, too, is, is all your. I don't know what's going on with this guy right here. Yeah. So, so, so let's, let's... absolute garbage is what this is right now. <laughs> if you think about it, your 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 face team is perfectly built that way too. Because I mean, Hogan is Hogan. Okay, fine. But Hart's not big. No, uh, uh, um, Michaels isn't big. I mean, Savage is is, is not big compared to Hogan. Uh, you know, kind of thing. Jeff Hardy's not big. That works well because. I mean, you've got, I mean, Kurt Angle is not a, not a tall guy, but Kurt Angle was like put together, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. Goldust is a big dude, you know, kind of thing. The Mountie, you, know, you don't think about the Mountie being a big guy, but Jacques Rougeau is a big dude, yeah. you know, kind of thing. So it works so yeah. well. Yeah. It's it's set up like that perfect 80s, you know, and, we, and I think we mentioned this maybe in the last episode. Um, we talked about like Hulk Hogan being really big, but you didn't realize he was really big because everyone else yeah. around him was really, really big, you know. 
like it makes such perfect sense. Hogan was always the big guy. Remember, um, it's, I'm trying to think. It's what was it? Hogan, Bigelow, Don Morocco, Ken Patera. Like you know, what I'm saying like like those were all really big guys. But no one's. I mean, Don Morocco was huge. The Rock. I love when they go. It's the Rock, and I'm like, it's not the yeah. Rock. It's Don Morocco. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. <laughs> you know, um, but the, the team there, like they're hanging on. Like it makes sense because it's Heenan's family and whatever. But like. You know, when you think about guys like that, like that, like that would be perfect. That that in fact, WBE, uh, the WF at the time, they tried hard to make sure that they're when when they when they went away from the Giants, when they went away from like when all the steroid stuff hit, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and those guys. That's how you set up those matches. And it wasn't until guys like Triple H and like The Rock and guys like that who were much bigger, you know, kind of think started kind of coming back into things, where you had guys who were like. I don't want to say human size, but they were human size when you looked at them, but they like clearly are very, very big. Triple H is a ginormous man. I've said extra Triple H. He is humongously big, right? But he's not Kane. He's not the big show, you know, kind of thing. All I know is this. We're standing in Albany, and Steve and I are standing there. And Steve, I'm 300 pounds. Steve's, you know, a good, at the time, you know, 225, whatever. And Triple H is standing next to us, and Triple H has got to be 285. And he's, I'm like, holy fuck is he huge like i'm standing there going i feel tiny i'm 300 pounds and i feel tiny next to triple h um you know kind of not not sean michael sean michael i felt okay next to you know i, I felt that was okay you know i was like just in case just in case a couple of cheerleaders get out here i might have I was say, yeah now, now for you have you ever been surrounded by a bunch of cheerleaders outside a bar yes, yes. So. <laughs> but uh yeah no that's a great team that's that's a that's dynamite right there now i don't mean to put you on the spot but who would survive the match mm. uh, you know i thought a lot about this actually and i don't know if i it would definitely be one of the heels mm-hmm. yeah and uh, i mean it's gonna sound cliche but you can't put anything past the dirtiest player in the game mm-hmm. I, I, I you gotta you, you gotta give it up for flair i think just he's He's got the cunning, and he knows how to how to hide under the ring. Yeah, <laughs> Flair, Flair well, and, and the Mountie, Flair and the Mountie yeah. both survived somehow. Jacques Rougeau, what happened? Oh, oh, okay, I'm surviving. Good. You know. <laughs> well, you know, I that, that I could almost see, could see like a yeah. like 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 it be coming down to Flair, the Mountie, and like and and let's say let's say Savage. Yeah. And like Mountie and Savage brawling outside of the ring, getting double counted out, or something like that. And Flair just strutting in the ring because you yeah. know, yeah, that kind of thing. He goes yeah, all Flair winning through no uh, right, Win no, without agency, winning. Okay. no yeah. agency of his own. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh my God, that would be. And then, then, and then, of course, in my mind, Savage is is taping up the Mountie like he did to Crush that time in that last that last man stand was it the last man standing yes, match or yes, yes. <laughs> well but you know what happens though that happens there then he beats him down and, and then savage hits the ring because the, the fans are booing the shit out of flair you know except the smart fans and then savage yeah. hits the ring and then you have you know the, the brawl and then you know and then you have flair you know does the face bump and that sets up of course you know probably the next so you got royal rumble you're gonna have to have you know Flair and Savage are going to have to have a match, you know. Yeah, sets and Flair will have fake pictures of him and Elizabeth. Yes, oh, wait. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <doctor laughs> pictures up. And... Doctor pictures, the, yeah. the the fake belt. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was the real belt. That's the problem. It just, they do yeah. it out. So, he fucking paid for that shit, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's real. The Mountie hey, keeps trying to in, interject himself into the When you were in WWF program. magazine, it was the fake yeah. belt. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh. 
I could see that. Then the Mountie keeps trying to interject himself yeah. into the program. It's yeah. like, <laughs> the, 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 the Mountie, Mr. Rougeau, please. Yeah, the, the Mountie becomes the gatekeeper on this whole thing. You know, kind of thing. Oh, my God. Flair. So Savage requests to recruit, you know, the big boss man to take care of uh, the Mountie. And they have to have their, their match. For, we're, know, we're, su- we're suddenly booking, like, you know, yeah. like, what, 1990 here. Yeah, <laughs> that was, well, that was, I was 50-50 on, on the it – was, it was hustle between the Mountie and, and heel big boss man. Yeah. Oh, so. the Mountie works so much better. It does <laughs> on that team, especially with Goldust. Like the Mountie <laughs> angle because yeah. Yeah. again, like well, I, I think this guy's really Canadian, guys. I don't know. <laughs> just just the, the the absolute dichotomy of each one of them together. Just they are so individual and yet so good as a team. So, oh my God! All right, oh, that's good stuff. I like it, Chris. Okay. All right, I would I would watch that match on the Me network. Too. So would I, man. That would be great. All right, okay, all right. So I, I will I will go next. I will give Luke the chance okay. to, to main event this bad boy. So I will I will be the the semi main uh, here. Um, okay. So when we come up with the idea of five on five, once we establish it'll be five on five instead of four on four. Um, you know I went back to the old days of the team captains. You know kind of thing. Uh, you know yep. Jack Tunney, uh, the team of captain by you know kind of thing. And Jack <laughs> Tunney would tell you, you know, and then stars and stripes forever. You know kind of thing like that. You know has he. Jack Tunney could take three minutes of information and turn it into 27 minutes of bullshit. Um, funny the team part, captain by Ricky, the model Martell, the visionaries, yes. shall the consist. Yes. Like, oh, oh, my God. God. Move it on. <laughs> the best part was uh, um, uh, I, I'd actually watched back uh, Royal Rumble 88, and it was the one where you know, it was shown on USA Network, and it was in Canada, and they had Jack Tunney come out, and they fucking boo him. They're in Canada, and you're booing him. He's from Canada, guys. Like, don't boo him. So, anyway. So, um, and I thought, like, okay, like, you know, so I I thought, like, I could coolly go, like, let's go, like, new school versus old school, or let's go whatever, like, you know, NWA versus WCW, or WCW versus, you know, uh, WBF. And I was like, or I could book this thing um, the way I would book it, you know, kind of thing, and, and how I would book if I was booking, like, Let's say I was doing like a, you know, a go fight pow card or Phil Singer kind of thing, like old kind of games and stuff like that. How would I book this? So I need two team captains. So I thought, well, who, who would be the first captain? And my first person, Ric Flair. And I know Chris had Ric Flair on his team. Ric Flair is my team captain because there is no, he is the captain, Ric Flair. So who, who would hate Ric Flair enough to want to take him on? Now, I'm sure Luke already knows this answer. Um, but it's it's the franchise Shane Douglas because nobody <laughs> hates Ric Flair I think more than Shane Douglas did at least not in ECW and again knowing the way that uh, you know I would book wrestling I love Ric Flair I love Shawn Michaels and I love Shane Douglas and I'm not supposed to because all three of those guys hate each other well not not Flair and 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 uh, Michaels anymore but at the time like he was supposed to be like you couldn't like all those guys because they were all like the, they couldn't you couldn't like them especially flair and douglas so if i'm thinking i don't have a face team and a heel team i kind of just have two teams you know what i'm saying like so it's not quite as it's cut and dry as that so if you had to have a team and shane douglas is your captain on one team and rick flair is your captain the other who would the first person rick flair would pick to be on his team and i think this is a pretty easy answer clearly the enforcer arn anderson right because that is who you would pick right 
So if I'm picking Arn Anderson, so if I'm Ric Flair and I'm picking Arn Anderson, woo, let's go on, you know, no, no, we don't wear white hats, let's go, I keep those, my gators on the floor, you know, kind of thing, right? Um, you know, Arn Anderson, you know me, you know what I do, you know, kind of thing. And that is Arn Anderson. So who would Shane Douglas pick? Now, this became a little trickier because I'm thinking Shane Douglas. I'm like, okay, well, who would he pick? And I'm like, oh, maybe Bam Bam and maybe nah, nah. Maybe Chris Candido, because, you know, he did, you know, Kim and Chris. But I'm like, no, no, no. Who would Shane Douglas pick? If you were looking at across the ring from Arn Anderson and Ric Flair, who would Shane Douglas want in his corner? Only one man came to mind. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Because <laughs> Ricky Steamboat, Ricky's, there is no one I think Shane Douglas respects more in wrestling than Ricky Steamboat. Because Ricky Steamboat, again, remember Shane Douglas when he was very young, Ricky Steamboat, and then we're a tag team. Awesome matches with the Hollywood Blondes. Um, awesome matches when you go back and look at, like, you know, the Midnight Express and stuff like that. So, and doesn't Ricky Steamboat make perfect sense because you now have Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. Ricky Steamboat fits with us. So, if you think about it, you have your captain and your number one pick. Okay, here's where I started filling in the rest of the team. Who would you want to round out your team? So, if you're thinking, I got to put another guy with this crew. Now, it would be very easy to say, oh, I'm going to put, you know, uh, I'm going to put, um, you know, uh, Barry Windham with this team. I'll make it all horsemen. But if you just want to do, you want to get an athlete. You need an athlete on this team. So if I'm thinking, I'm Ric Flair and I got Arn Anderson, who's the athlete I want? Well, Kurt Henning comes to mind. Mr. Perfect. And, and, and not Kurt Henning. Mr. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Definitely Mr. Perfect. And now I know you're saying, Jay. Kurt Henning and Ric Flair, you know, kind of remember that that's Kurt Henning later on horseman stuff. That's different. Mr. Perfect, spit the gum, smack it out. The, you know, the, the curly hair, Mr. Perfect with them, Flair, Anderson, perfect right there. First of all, your Minnesota connection is really strong right there, right? Your <laughs> AWA connections are very strong. Okay. So you're thinking Douglas is saying, who would I get as an athlete? I need an athlete to match their athlete. Now this might be a little controversial to some people, but I think Shane Douglas as much as some people don't love him and maybe, you know, think that like Shane Douglas should, you know, just book his own wrestling federation where he's champion and he's booker and he's the giver thing because he does everything. CM Punk. Tell me right now, you wouldn't love to see CM Punk in his prime versus Mr. Perfect in his prime. You know, yeah. I'm just saying, yep. I know, I know, I know people are not CM Punk fans and some people hate CM Punk and that's fine. I love CM Punk, you know, and not just the straight edge stuff, but CM Punk would be great. But I couldn't – I mean, I thought, like, that's an athlete Shane Douglas could respect. A man who goes out there, you know, drops the truth, the pipe bombs on TV. Shane Douglas could respect that, right? He would give him an A right there, you know, kind of thing. So then you're thinking, like, okay, so you have your captain, your number one pick, your athlete. you got to have a monster. you got to have a fucking monster, right? So who's your monster? Now, Ric Flair could pick any number of monsters. And I came up with – who would be the monster? And I thought, oh, maybe Sid. You know, Sid's a pretty good monster. But like, eh, Sid? Really? Okay. Then I thought Blackjack Mulligan. And I'm like, oh, Blackjack Mulligan, fucking monster. But if I'm thinking about Ric Flair, and who's a monster for Ric Flair? Big Van Vader. It's got to be mm. Big Van Vader. Because yeah. if you don't, the, the Starcade where he nearly murders Ric Flair in the ring. <laughs> and let's be honest, Vader is a, is a monster. So, if I'm Shane Douglas, how am I going to answer Big Van Vader? 
well, you know, I'm thinking like, okay, who could this be? And I'm thinking like, well, there's only one man I think Shane Douglas could respect enough and have enough, you know, not just respect for as a man, a man in the fucking business, right? Biggins Vader is Bruiser Brody, right? Ooh. Bruiser Brody and Vader, first Jesus of all. Christ. The two of them, oh, man. there's no pinfall happening there. That's a, that's, <laughs> no. that's a double. That's a double. The referee's going to throw that shit out. Those guys, they're going to open the match. They're going to fucking beat each other to death. They're that's a slobber knocker. Because let's face it, Bruiser Brody, He's I mean, a lost control. Yeah. Holy shit, this is fucking Christ. Right? You know what I mean? Um, so, so, you know, you're thinking like, okay, so now you have your captain, your number one pick, your athlete, your monster, and now you have to have your wild card. Because every Survivor Series team, I think Chris showed this, needs a wild card. Right? And I'll be honest, Chris, your wild card to me, and you, you, put, you put Jeff Hardy in there. He's your, to me, he's your face wild card. And the Mountie was definitely your heel wild card. And I love those picks. Don't get me wrong. Right? So I'm thinking wild card. Who's the wild card that Ric Flair is going to pick? Right? And you're thinking, like, this could be anybody. Now, I've, I toyed with Ricky fucking Morton at first um, because <laughs> there's no more wild card than Ricky Morton right there. And because Flair respected him. But I think when you think back to Ric Flair and you think back to the time when I remember Ric Flair, he respected certain guys. And you can see that. Now, you could say Harley Race. You might be able to say, you know, pretty Paul Roma. Right. But I think because the great Muda could be mm. your wild card. Mm. Now, you put the great Muda out there. And if you're Shane Douglas, you're thinking like, shit, who am I going to answer with? Muda? Who the fuck am I going to answer with? Because now this could be anything. This is your wild card. Now, I started thinking now, originally, I'll be honest with you. Before Muda, I toyed around with Brian Pillman. I had yeah, Brian Pillman that, that's there. where I thought you were going with it, to be I honest. I did, and I thought, no, that's too easy. Because to me, Pillman, and I toyed around with Brian Pillman, and let me tell you where we're going to go with this in a second, right? I was like, man, Flair, but when I looked back, having watched the Thunderdome match, which is like Terry Funk and Ric Flair, and when, when Flair picks Sting as his partner, and it was Terry Funk and the Great Muda, and that's when uh, um, Sting and Flair... Flair picked Sting, and that's when Sting blew out his leg and couldn't get in the ring, and it fucked the whole thing yeah. up. Right? But Muda, at the time, like that's a wild card. If you you do like, I need this guy. Like you 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 just he would go to Gary Hart and say, Gary Hart, I need him on my team. And Gary Hart's like, let me see the money, brother, brother, <laughs> give me the money, brother. Yep, and he's here, brother, for you. He's here, brother. You know. So then I thought about, what well, would Shane Douglas pick Brian Pillman? Because he might, because Brian Pillman's pretty crazy. Then I thought, okay, but who else could it be? Now, I, then I thought to myself, go, man, wouldn't it be crazy if it was fucking Kerry Von Erich? Yeah. Because, <laughs> right, Kerry Von Erich, right? And I'm like, but he wouldn't pick Kerry Von Erich because Kerry Von Erich, Shane Douglas, I mean, I don't think you'd get more dichotomy different than each other. Then I'm thinking, like, well, he would say Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko is, you know, a great, that's, I already have an athlete. Chris Benoit. And I'm like, oh my God, you want to talk controversial? Chris Benoit, get it? And I was like, no, no, no. I know he would pick. If you're looking across the ring and you have the great Muda, and I have to have one guy that I know, no matter who I put in there, is going to give me everything he's got, whether he's lying, cheating, or stealing, <laughs> it's fucking Eddie Guerrero. And that was hard, dude. That was the hardest pick. I'll tell you right now, I would love to see Eddie Guerrero in his prime, great Muda in his prime. Oh, my God. Right? Now, 
this is absolutely insane in this match. Again, we're talking about complete fancy booking here, like beyond belief. And I think we all understand that Bruiser Brody and Vader would just be a smudge and they'd be out. This would be a four on four match within the first two minutes, um, which is really funny because if you think about it, like Vader, Brody, and then, you know, the other name I was talking about, Stan Hansen came to mind. I was like, oh, Stan Hansen. Yeah. Then I was like, ooh, how about Gord- Doc and Gordy? Like, I'm like, ooh, there's like a whole team of just Doc and Doc, Gordy, Hansen, Brody, and Vader. And then have them go against, I'm thinking like Tiger Mask, uh, you know, Dynamite Kid, you know, whatever. Like, who's the smallest guy to come up with? Like, you know, like, you know, you know, you know Sky Low Low, Little Beaver, you know, whatever. You know, kind yeah. of like, um, Lord Little Brook. Yeah. So who would survive this? Now, in, in my heart of hearts, I would love to see it come down to Ric Flair and Shane Douglas at the end. But that wouldn't happen. Okay, that totally wouldn't happen because Douglas would not be there at the end because he would whatever Douglas is uh, his Ric Flair's dirtiest player in the game. Shane Douglas. I love you, Shane Douglas. But man, like, you know how to get yourself in a bad situation. And it's not like you're trying to beat Terry Funk. Stay down, you old fuck. You know, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> that never gets it, old. It does. It, because it, it happens. Um, so I would see the end of the match coming down to this to me. You would have in the ring, you would have Ricky Steamboat on that team. Um, and I'm not saying Eddie Guerrero wouldn't be there, but I think he's Ricky Steamboat. I think Steamboat's the guy you got to have on that. Steamboat's the biggest face of all these guys here. And I think you come down to most likely perfect and probably flair, right? With Steamboat upending perfect in, you know, technical kind of back and forth. And then it being flair and Steamboat, with I think flair going to have to go over here but Flair actually going over with the pinfall here, but controversial. Both shoulders are down. Flair pops the shoulder. Flair puts his foot in the rope. You know, somehow Flair cheats to win because that's how Flair beats Steamboat and it sets up Steamboat and Flair down the road and whatever kind of thing. Um, I just, I just don't see Shane Douglas being the heir at the end uh, as much as he's a team captain. Would it be really cool, you know, to be able to like say like, Oh, it'd be really cool to have like, you know, to actually see guys in their prime do it. I mean, CM Punk, you know, kind of thing. And Ric Flair, you know, kind of going at it. Right. I just, it's just one of those things. I think at some point perfect is able to somehow, you know, maybe upend punk, you know, kind of thing. Muda. And I mean, you know, Muda could, uh, you know, Muda could totally get counted out and not yeah. even be, you know, eliminated, you know, or Muda gets DQ'd for spitting the mist and blinding Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero is then blinded. What happens? You know, Arn Anderson comes in one, two, three, roll up, you know, kind of thing. So, but, um, yeah, the I my team is uh, uh, definitely um, took it a little differently, than, you know, kind of thing. I definitely was thinking like, how could I, you know, match up, you know, match up, match up, match up, match up. Um, and I think that I kind of I, I definitely fantasy booked the shit out of it, uh, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you know, those are those are guys, and 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 um, I, I know we were kind of um, uh, we were joking about this before, you know, before when we first talked about this stuff, you know, come up with a team of just like, you know, like. I, I was, you know, I was only half joking. I'm like, well, Gord, Doc, Gordy, Hanson, Brody. Like, I was originally one of the teams I had. Like, I'm like, okay, so it's Vader, Brody. Like, basically, everyone who wrestled for, like, New Japan, like, the All Japan Monsters, you know, kind right. of thing. And I'm like, and, you know, have them wrestle, like, you know, Ricky Morton. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, how many white meat baby faces could I put on the other side? Like I put twelve yeah. guys on that team, so but you know. So, but uh, well, the, th- the thing with this is that you know, 
you've, you've got all it's all skill guys except the two guys that are going to beat the living shit out of each yeah. other with with Bruiser and and, and Vader. Yeah. Right. So it's like any one of these guys matching up yeah. becomes something. It's like okay, CM Punk and Mister Perfect. Yeah. It's just counter hold, counter hold, counter hold. Yeah. Or you know Eddie Guerrero and well we I mean we saw Eddie Guerrero and Ric Flair. We saw Eddie Guerrero and Arn Anderson. Yeah. It was just towards the Latter back part. half of their careers. Yeah in the earlier part of Eddie's career. Yeah. But, you know, think of like Eddie when he was running the show on SmackDown, one of the big six for Paul Heyman, you know, that was Eddie at his peak, Yeah. you know, doing all where, where he could, you know, come in every week and have a different match against the same five guys kind of thing, Yeah. you know, and you know, you know, Shane Douglas would have heat with Mr. Perfect. Yeah. For, for whatever reason, yeah. like, I'm the top blonde guy in this company, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and the thing is, one of the other names that I kind of banged around, um, who could the wild card be, um, was Savage, was, you know, bringing yeah. in Savage. But I thought that was too easy. You know, Douglas brings in Savage because then it's Savage versus Flair. You're like, who, who do you got? Well, who's your last man? And here comes Savage running out to the yeah. ring like, holy fuck. Um, and then Perry Satter was another name I banged around a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of a weird name. And I know people are like, Perry Saturn? Like, well, I mean, besides the fact that Perry Saturn got shot in the face, like, for real and no-sold bullets, um, so he's already fucking tough in my book, um, <laughs> Perry Saturn could fucking go. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? And, like, I, you know, like, if, I mean, I mean, thing is this. I mean, if, if I if I had not gone with Muda, if I had gone with, uh, with, um, with, um, uh, Pillman. Pillman, thank you, yep. then I think Pillman and, could you imagine Pillman? God, can, imagine if Pillman never gotten, never like, I mean, I, and Pillman got hurt, you know, kind of thing. But can you imagine Pillman right. and 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 uh, Saturn and they're like just going at it, just regular matches. Those matches would be crazy because right. two guys who aren't afraid to do it all, you know. And Perry Saturn gives you a fuck, you know, kind of thing. So, um, but uh, uh, you know, I actually, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I, and, and I, I, th- I thought about that. I think, oh my god, like the reveal of Shane Douglas being like. You want to know my last fucking guy? Hey, hit his man! Get, get him out of here! And here comes Savage. It just go racing down and just <laughs> fucking hammer and flare in the face, you know, kind of thing. Um, but of course, you know, the CM Punk and and Randy Savage, you know, connection that has gone on. You know, CM Punk has always said how much he loved Randy Savage, and it's so funny. Zach Ryder, you know, talks about how much he has Randy Savage as his favorite wrestler of all yeah. time, and also, and it's just so funny to, like, and I know you've mentioned this before about. Um, savage, you know, kind of thing, and like, you know, how if we had understood more about him, you know, kind of thing at the time, or you know, uh, it's just so it's 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 when you look back at things, you're like, man, like he was so good, but he was always second banana to Hogan, right? You know, and in and, and the WF, and it, it really like it's a shame because we never saw Savage beforehand. Because I mean, let's be honest, we, 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 didn't, we didn't see Memphis wrestling, we hadn't seen. You know, all that stuff. We saw Randy Savage come in. He was always WF, you know, kind of thing. And it wasn't right. it. We saw Savage later on. Um, it's a shame that Savage did never had. I mean, he had his run at the top, but it that not to say that you know, again, wrestling wouldn't be the same without Hulk Hogan, because let's be honest, it wouldn't be. It's a shame that Savage never had more of a chance to kind of shine right. on the national stage in his prime. He did, but it was like after Hogan had left and he always and Savage always felt like you know, kind of second to Hogan, even, you know, even after Hogan was gone. So but anyway, so 
All right. That that is that is a, again another match I would totally stream on the network. That is <laughs> worth the nine ninety nine. Worth the nine ninety nine right there. All right. <clears throat> all right. So I guess I'm I'm coming in. Uh, I've been I've been standing in gorilla all night, liking what I'm seeing here. Uh, <laughs> as as Idris was uh, liking this pitch, carry on. Um, so I I thought about again the concept of team captains and. What you got a lot of times at Survivor Series, you'd have sometimes you'd have the themed yes. sort of teams, right? And <clears throat> so I, I kind of went with themes for my heel team and themes for my babyface team. And so when I think of heels, the the guy that always pops into my mind as like the healing is heel that's ever healed is the million dollar man Ted DiBiase. Of course, <laughs> because yes. I'm sorry, you yes. don't. I mean, you you just can't be more of a heel than him. He was just <laughs> such a jerk and an asshole and he had the skill to back it up. We talked about this back on uh, our uh, the episode about best ever to hold the world title and, I, and I've always been a fan of the Million Dollar Man. In fact, my brother for Christmas, I'm holding it up to the microphone for everybody to see. He got me the Funko Pop of the Million Dollar Man, which Ooh. now stands here on my recording desk here right next to uh, the fellow Funko Pops of Uncle Scrooge and Morocco Mole. <laughs> so uh, two, 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 two guys who got the cash and one guy who's a second banana, but uh, <laughs> be that as it may. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So you got Ted DiBiase. He's got his bodyguard Virgil with him. So he's protected at all times. Who is he going to spend his money on that to win this Survivor Series match? Well, the Million Dollar Man's going to go out and he's going to buy the biggest, nastiest group of guys he can find right and i mean that literally, literally. the biggest nastiest group of guys oh boy. He can find. so the first one you got to go with is his associate his uh uh you know uh, friend and ally andre the giant yeah <laughs> because who else andre likes money he likes spending money and the billion dollar man's got plenty of money to get andre to come over to do what he needs him to do and Andre always works good in multi-man matches, so DiBiase knows a good investment. So we've got the, the, the greatest giant ever in the history of the game. So who else is somebody that DiBiase can go pay money to, and he's going to come in and be able to throw his weight around? How about John Tenta? Now, Either as, as the earthquake, yeah, as the earthquake. I, I just, John Tenta in general, but as earthquake, as a Canadian earthquake. <laughs> Yeah. Another guy that, you know, will do just about anything, doesn't mind uh, doing, you know, squashing a snake or doing whatever he has to do. Dastardly. And and as a former sumo, John Tenta can really literally throw his weight around and push people around the ring. You know, people, you know, you don't always, people, people don't forget about, you know, that think Tenta was just a big fat guy, but he could move pretty good, yeah. you know. Always yeah. was a fan of, of John Tenta. And so, okay, so we got, we got, DiBiase's got Andre, he's got Earthquake. So he's got two giants. And so if you've got two giants, what's better than a third giant? And so who's a guy that you can usually count on him to, uh, you know, if you need him to be a heel, he can be a heel for you. How about the big show? Yeah. Oh and so now you've got another gigantic guy again, a guy who can go in and he might look goofy and silly, but when he's serious, he's going to knock your ass out. Yeah, but the big show, dude, shot. the big show is like, I mean, and, I mean, I know, I know. Nowadays, people are like, oh, it's the Big Show. You know, he's kind of like whatever. But like, the Big Show is a serious guy. Yeah. Oh. You know. I mean, again, I've been watching WCW as the Giant. Oh my God. Yeah. It's no joke. 
<laughs> and he's and he's a, he's a kid. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he's, yeah. He's a kid as the giant. He's throwing people around, and 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 you know, again, the giant uh, or the giant big show, Paul White. You know, another guy that has uh, works in multi man matches and can throw guys around, and and you know, take, it takes a lot to get him down. And so I'm thinking, okay. I kind of wanted to do a little pick out of the ordinary for the last monster. You know, it's like, okay, well, we could go with, uh, like, Fred Ottman, you know, with Typhoon to go with, with Earthquake. I said, oh, that may be a little bit, a little bit of an obvious choice. Uh, I toyed with uh, the giant haystacks, best known to the U.S. as Loch Ness at the very end of his career. Well, the, the biggest man ever to wrestle in the U.K., just a huge, huge dude. And it's like, well, you know, would, uh, but Haystacks, he's, he's kind of from a different era. You know, he doesn't doesn't have the kind of dynamic uh, ability in the ring for a big guy. I thought about the big boss man, and it's like, well, you know, boss man's, uh, you know, he's, it is, would, would, would he work with DiBiase? You know, he turned on DiBiase when he turned babyface. Would he really work with DiBiase? And so, so, so I got, I started thought outside the box. And so my last big, nasty monster is the monster abyss. God. <laughs> someone that you can point him in the direction and let him loose wow. and he's going to tear everything apart in his in his path and just again a guy that compliments the other guys because who are you gonna if you get a guy eliminated you've got another monster waiting right behind him to come in <laughs> jesus christ i mean I, I thought maybe michael kane but yeah, yeah kane was but, one but, of my possibilities but, but why go with kane when you can have abyss abyss yeah. is better than kane and, and for a monster because kane makes sense i mean for the kind of thing but you know but Abyss is just that. He is just, he, you know, he, good Lord. <laughs> and is that not like the most Luke team ever right I, there? I, I, I don't know if that, right, I think that the ring might tilt. Yeah. Uh, that's the, I, I, lo- I always loved when you get in, at a combined weight of 1,500 pounds yeah. or whatever. That's a yeah. lot of dude. Dude, that's, that's a, a lot, lot of, of you know, the only other, a lot of hoss out there. The, the other guy, you could, I could have been part of the one man gang. One man gang was Ooh. another another thought. Yeah, because yeah. one man gang, because you go to Slick and be like Slick, you know, and I'm like brother, 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 you know, <laughs> just like Gary <laughs> would say, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, just a different accent. Yeah. And okay, so my 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 giant, my monstrous, big, nasty heel team. Right. When I think of baby faces, I always think baby faces should be skillful. They should get by on their skills, their their intelligence, their agility. <laughs> And so I tried to think of guys with that. So who is going to be the skilled, athletic, white-kneed babyface who is going to put together a team because he doesn't like Ted DiBiase putting all these all this beef together on one team? And I'm thinking skilled, talented, athletic, white-kneed babyfaces. The first one that pops into my mind is Kevin Von Erich. Oh, my God. <laughs> the most white-kneed of the white-kneed in my mind. And and the guy that would not tolerate all this money being spent in wrestling instead of it being, you know, about it should be for the fans, Ted. You know that, you know, it's not about the money. And so he's going to get, you know, think of some other guys that maybe fit this mold of, you know, of athletic, exciting, high energy baby faces. Right. Guys that can come in and can can move really fast to counter against these big guys They can hit stuff off the top rope. They can they can go in and out of the ring. And when I'm thinking of, again, guys that are dynamic like that, I think of Owen Hart. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I just, you know, again, is there a better, I mean, two guys, again, ideologically, think of Owen Hart as a baby face and Kevin Von Erich very close on a personality standpoint, very close on a skill set, you know, just the ability, again, to 
Owen Hart was fighting guys bigger than him his whole career. That was basically what he did, except for Bret Hart. He always feuded with guys bigger than him. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so he, he is well suited to that sort of offense. And so again, thinking in sort of the same lines, if we're going to get uh, a guy that's, uh, you know, maybe we need, need somebody a little bit bigger, can't have all a bunch of just small guys. Right. So we really need someone that maybe, you know, still, still again, a high energy, uh, you know, uh, uh, type of type of guy, a guy with a lot of skill, a lot of agility. I'm thinking one of my all time favorites, Tito Santana. Ooh, yeah. Like another, that. Like it. Yeah. Another guy, again, got a little bit more strength, a little bit more, you know, power, can mix it up with the bigger guys, but can still run around the ring and really move. Yeah. You know? And he and if he I tell you what, if he hits one of those monsters with the flying forearm, there's a good chance they're getting they're falling out of the ring. Yeah. I'm just saying. Because yeah. Tito and, Tito uh, definitely has the height, you know, the the little more height to him, but he's certainly yeah. not you would never say that Tito is is a is a giant, you know, no. kind of thing. But, no, absolutely but, but compared to the compared to you know, I mean, not not that Kevin Van Erich was a short man, but Kevin Van Erich yeah. was very slight compared to his brothers. I mean, he yes. was smaller than David uh, height wise. He was much um, again, you know, Kerry Von Erich was like chiseled out of fucking granite, right? You know, <laughs> kind of thing. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, when you think about like Kevin Von Erich, he always looks appears to be the small brother. Let's be honest, because Mike, Mike, and and you know, David and stuff like that. You know, I mean, Mike wasn't around very long, and you know, I mean, David was always very tall. And he wasn't all cut up, but Kerry was. I mean, that's the one I remember is Kerry being all cut up. But Kevin Von Erich, skinny, you know, kind of thing. Like, looked like, you know, a kind of a, you know, just like a guy who could be a regular guy. But, yep. I mean, just just ripped. I don't think he had an ounce of fat in his body. No. So, you and know. He, and, he, and, he, and, he'd stre- and he'd stretch you out. Yeah. <laughs> and and he, he, he's wearing, basically, he, he didn't wear any shoes or anything. So he's basically only got on a pair of, like, Speedos. You know, so right. it's not like it's not like he had anywhere to hide anything on his person, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, and so sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. derail you. No, 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 that's fine. Yeah. And OK, so so we've got we've got our you know, we've, we've got our, our skill guys. We've got a, a guy a little bit, a little bit more size. We, we need and, and so Von Erich's thinking he needs somebody that is is an X factor, unpredictable, a bit of, as you had said, Jay, a wild card, a guy that can fit into, you know, and, and is hard to prepare for. And to me, if I'm thinking a wild card baby face, I'm thinking Brian Pillman. Yeah. Because because exactly. because Pillman has no fear. He's not going to back down from Andre or the Big Show or anybody because he's never been afraid of anyone in his life. And you want someone that's a, a, a that's you know again a point and shoot interface, you know, wearing his I don't call nine one one shirt. Yeah. You know, there's a guy that's going to go right at whoever is in the ring with him, and it doesn't matter what he's got to do. He's going to be out there, you know trying to uh you know out outmaneuver outthink whoever he's fighting against he's going to have a you know an agility advantage over anybody in the match yeah. and so for my fifth guy gets thinking again along the lines of skill and a technician and try to think again outside the box a little bit and so I'm trying to think okay a skilled babyface a guy that beats you with his moves and his brains and is is not a you know a monstrous hulking individual or uh, you know a, a luchador or something like that. A guy really gets by on his skill. And the the fifth man that I picked for this team is the Messiah of the Backbreaker, Roderick Strong. Oh my God, yeah. Because again, Strong, you think, oh, all he does is backbreakers. It's like, well, no, he does strikes, he does grappling, he does everything. And Strong again is not the biggest guy. Even working in ROH, he worked against guys bigger than him. And now in NXT, routinely works against guys bigger than him. He is. He is a very. 
it's funny because um, you don't think about it because, again, like people are like, oh, all those guys are all the same size. Like, yes, wrestlers today are a different size than they were maybe in the 80s when they were all these giants and stuff. Roderick Strong is not a big man. No. I've met him. He's not a very big – he's not a, he's not a big guy. Um, but and, – and, but, he, but he's so quick and sudden. That's, oh, yeah. That, that's probably the best way to describe him. He's sudden. Sudden, yeah. yeah. You know? if, he, if he, you know, if he hits big John Tenta with a sick kick – I don't. I don't think the earthquake's going to come in on top of that encounter. Yeah. You know, I, I just don't see it. Yeah. But uh, so that 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 was my crew. I, I went with you know what what I think of as the, you know, big monstrous type of heels, all in the service, of course, of the million dollar man, and then the most skilled, you know, high energy baby faces I could I could think of of you know of, of that that would work together in a in a team setting like this. That'd make a hell of a poster too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you'd have all the giants on one side and all the smaller guys on the yeah. other side. Remember, remember the um, remember they used to do the Survivor Series posters. Remember they used to do, yes. and it would have like it would like be Pipers, like whatever, and then like you know whatever, and then like Rick Martel's team. You know, they did them like they'd have them all sitting at this, like they'd have them just group photos. Yeah, so just the the, the image because they would do is they would they would crop that photo so there'd be no background showing basically. The, the like the, the the photo of the giants would just be just them in like being so big it's almost going to burst the frame of the the image and then the other t- side you shoot them so they look smaller you actually have the survivor series logos and whatever you, yeah. you, you you purposely make that oh my dude that that just sells that right there the image itself sells that you know, just Rick, mm-hmm. the, uh, Rick Flair, excuse me, just Ted DiBiase standing in front with just money in his hand and these giant four hulking, you know, big, nasty giants behind him. And there's all like, like you know, like Owen Hart with his fist up, you know, and Brian Hillman, <laughs> you know, giving the broken horsemen and whatever. They're all doing their thing. And it's like, OK, but they're small. You know, Roddy with just with his fist, you know, the old Roger Strong, just the one fist yeah. in the front, you know, uh, you know, I'm independent, you know, kind of thing. So. <laughs> Oh my god, dude, that would be fucking nuts. Okay, so how do we book this? Maybe how we... do we book this? That yeah. that is the question because you can go one of two ways with this. Yeah. You know, you're gonna have at some point probably Andre get counted out. Yes. Because you know Tito's gonna hit him with a flying forearm that's gonna knock him into Owen hitting him with the missile missile drop kick. He's gonna go over the top rope and get counted out. You know, but at the same time you're gonna have Abyss black hole slam the ever loving shit out of somebody. You know. Oh my god. Possibly Roderick Strong. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm him around saying, like three times. I'm just saying I know who it's going to be, and I feel bad for him already. Because yeah. poor Roddy. Because didn't Roddy? Yeah. Didn't they wrestle each other in TNA when they were there? Uh, they may have. Roddy was in TNA for a while there with with Austin Aries and right. stuff. Yeah. Thing is like, but I'm, I'm sure I'm, he did. I'm, I, I remember. I remember um, every single member of the X Division getting like a black hole slam, and I think Roddy took one that was like really bad. I'm just saying. I, well, I, I could wasn't, be wrong. Wasn't Abyss the X Division champion yes, for a while? Yes. Yeah. That whole no weight limit thing kind of came back to bite him in the ass, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, yeah. I'm, so, Roddy's taking one of those at least. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. So. See, but, and here, that, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad that both of you guys picked Ric Flair because it <laughs> illustrates the difference. It, it's a very good illustration of the difference not only between Ted DiBiase and Ric Flair, but between WWF and at, at that time the NWA or, or WCW, right. however you want to put it. Ted DiBiase would not be the sole survivor in this match. No. I don't know that DiBiase ever survived a Survivor Series match. 
because he because DiBiase, even though he was for a long time the top heel or you know number two, he lost a lot of matches. Yeah, you know. So I I totally can see the baby faces going over in this match somehow and. I'll have it be, um, my thought would actually be uh, be Owen Hart, would probably be the last man standing. Have it be Owen standing against, you know, Abyss and the Big Show and DiBiase. And, you know, he, and Phil and Owen has to, you know, run the gauntlet kind of thing. And he, you know, he, he rolls up or, or, you know, Abyss charges him at the corner, misses, he rolls him up kind of thing, you know. Uh, he, uh, he, he, outs, he outwits, somehow outwits the Big Show. And to, you know, Big Show goes to punch him, Big Show punches the the, uh, the ring post or something like that, you know, with the knockout punch. And then it comes down to just that, you know, that Owen and DiBiase and Owen will, would beat him because DiBiase would take a loss in matches like that. Sure. You know, they for a gut again, for a guy that they invested all this time and money in to be this top heel, they were not above embarrassing Ted DiBiase. <laughs> You know, and throwing him out in his ass or whatever. And at some point, Virgil would get, you know, uh, 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 tornado DDT'd by Brian Pillman, I think, or or sick kicked by. No, actually, Virgil would probably eat the end of heartache from uh, from Roderick Strong, yeah. <laughs> just for a huge pop to see Virgil get destroyed, yeah. out like a sack of potatoes. For all intents and purposes, Virgil <laughs> has also been eliminated. <laughs> yes, so true. So one of the greatest lines ever from Gorilla and Jesse. What is that? Survivor Series '89. Yeah. 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 With with it with it's him and it, it's uh, DiBiase and Zeus and the right. Powers of Pain. Yeah. It's like if for all intents and purposes, Jesse Virgil has also been eliminated. Oh yeah. Gorilla, he's out like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. Dude, I can tell you that too. And 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 the funny part is too, is is um you know we're talking about DiBiase again, talking about the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, not Black Love. Yeah. Mid South Ted DiBiase punch you in the heart kind of thing, totally different kind of you know wrestler there you know again different level. Even when Chris is talking about Ric Flair, he's talking about WWE or WF Ric Flair, you know kind of Ric Flair from the '90s. And I'm talking about Ric Flair. I'm talking about you know early eight you know Ric Flair NWA champion Ric Flair and how different they all are. Flair booked booking Flair is certainly done at you know at certain ways, um, but. The, the idea of having Ted DiBiase being your top guy, your top heel, and losing so much. Think about who was the top heel before DiBiase. It was Roddy Piper. And right. Roddy Piper never lost. Never lost. He yeah. never lost. He would get DQ'd or counted out, but he never got pinned. He never submitted. And that was Piper. He was like, I'm never losing. I'm never losing. And they were like, oh, no, you shouldn't lose. To think about, to go from there, Piper never losing. To DiBiase, because I mean, in that time, you also had Savage. You know, kind of, you know, he was the IC champion, whatever. But Savage didn't lose either. You no. know, kind of thing. So no, Savage then, didn't lose. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but, but maybe, maybe that was the point. You know, they. I mean, that that was also the thing with DiBiase. He got so much heat just from not even his ring work. I mean, his ring work was exceptional, but he had so much heat just from his gimmick. Yeah. That he could lose a match against a top guy. And he'd be right back the next week, and they'd still be doing them. It wouldn't cool him off at all. Yeah, no. You know, but and and again, it's it's not like um, you know, it's not like he was a he wasn't a cowardly character. He was a scheming and conniving character. So you wanted to see him get his. Yeah. 
you know, and I think that, that I've, you, yes, you know, you know how much I love Ted DiBiase. I mean, that that's the thing I was, I, I told, I was saying before the stuff about Savage and it's like, yeah. And I, and I was thinking back to, you know, with between watching, uh, you know, watching some old stuff and listening to that Hasbro show uh, from the major wrestling figure uh, podcast and some other stuff, just talking about stuff about, you know, the late eighties and nineties. And it's like, you know, and I'm talking to our friend Bob, who is always a huge, huge Randy Savage fan, you know, and, and, and Ultimate Warrior and, and that. Right. So it's like, you know, my guy was Ted DiBiase, as bizarre as that sounds. But I always, it, it was it was DiBiase, and then, you know, that, that was always my guy. Even He was always a heel, and I always pulled for him. Yeah. And, 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 and he rarely went over. <laughs> it seemed like, <laughs> I mean, I know he went over a lot, like on TV and stuff, but it, always, it seemed like he never won big matches. Nope. You know? So, well, I'm trying to think. Did he ever? Did he ever? He never beat Hogan clean. No, he never. Like there was always. He, did he ever? I don't think he ever beat Savage clean. Don't think so. Ever beat Savage in general? I don't even know. But you know. But again, that's that. But I. That, it was. It was all about. He worked his gimmick to perfection. Yeah. You know. So that. So that. That was. I tell you what, boys. If. if Survivor Series card, that's the best card of the year, right? The, no no doubt about it. That That's just <laughs> top to bottom, good elimination matches right there. Yeah. It's just crazy, you know. And, and, and I think I think all three of us, went, even though we kind of had some shared ideas about, like, how to put the team together, I think we all went about it so differently, too, because, yeah. you know, and I think that's what makes it great, too, about it. And, and isn't, that, isn't that what makes – I think we've talked about this. You know, we talked about the figure feds and the fantasy bookings and stuff like that, right? Like – when, you know, when we book, I mean, and, and I don't know, I mean, I know Luke and I, you know, we had our, our figure feds and stuff like that when we were kids. And now we're, uh, you know, growing our figure feds with our kids and stuff. And because I don't, I'm assuming you had a figure fed when you were younger too. Chris. Yes? I didn't have enough to. Oh, really? I only had a, yeah, I only had a couple of figures. Okay. Well, but so. I'm saying, but, but you've, you've definitely fantasy booked before kind of thing, you know. You oh, know, yeah, like, you everybody know, does. Right. And and, yeah. and Luke and I, you know, we, we, we did uh, a lot of like, uh, when, when, good Lord going way back to the CCW, huh, Lou? Right? Kind of thing, yep. you know, uh, you know, Shane Studd and Disturbed Youth and all those guys, right? Um, when you're booking that stuff and you're, you're fantasy booking and doing those things, again, it's no different than writing fan fiction for Twilight or, you know, Arrow or anything else. It's just we just have to do it for wrestling, you know, kind of thing. When you're doing that stuff, you develop a style and you figure out how you want to do it. And a lot of it's influenced on how we, we grew up watching wrestling. Luke and I watch wrestling together, but we don't book the same way. You know, kind of thing, and how Luke books and how I book are very, very different because what I enjoyed and what Luke enjoyed wasn't always the same thing. Now, Chris, I know you were much more WWF, WWE yep. into that attitude era stuff like that. A lot of that your wrestling was there, right? Eighties and nineties WWF, yeah. So you know, a lot of what how you booked your Survivor Series match definitely has a lot of that feel to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, whereas. You know, again, and I, I know, I know, uh, like I've, um, Luke is is definitely knows his history, his wrestling history, but I I will I will probably guarantee you I've probably read more of the history wrestling books than Luke has. You yes, know? yes. Um, because that's I love that stuff, like the old territory stuff, like you know, um, uh, you know the old like the 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 I think I just sent I sent Luke a little while ago the the um, the Hall of Fame tag team book. Uh, yes. kind of thing, you know, um, uh, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, you know, the cover has got the scaffold match on. I'm like, oh, my God. I, and I can look at it and say, oh, that's that's, you know, Night of the Skywalkers, too. And that's this. I'm like, 
you know, not everyone knows that stuff. And how well, you book just, just just real quick, what I love about this book you sent me, yeah. it is a former copy from a middle school library. Yes. Nice. My school's never had any pro wrestling books in their yeah. library. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I'm just, and, it's, and, it's, and it's funny because when you read these things, I've read the Canadian one and I've read the whatever. I actually just finished um, creating the mania. ECW Press actually sent it to me for an honest review, and I have to review it all and stuff like that. But I actually read Creating the Mania, which is one of their more not historical books. Um, and it's much more mainstream. And I'm like, okay. And I'm reading this going, Man, this is I'm not the target audience for this. This is targeted at people who watch Monday Night Raw and who like watch the pay-per-views and do whatever and they love all this stuff and you know, it's not me. And like I'm thinking to myself going, Okay, where's the stuff about like Hackensmith and Gotch and where's the stuff about, you know, like Tootsmonts and, and the Gold Dust Trio and like you know, all that stuff that happened that I know all about, you know, kind of thing and, and the and, and the, the the history of wrestling and stuff like that. So when you look at how the things are booked differently, and I think that's what we can appreciate here, and I think our listeners hopefully will appreciate this, is that the three of us came at this all very, very differently. Any one of us could have very easily been like, all right, let's just do, how about we have Roddy Piper, and let's have Tito Santana, and let's have, it could have been like, you know, generic, you know, like Survivor Series match we've already seen. But we thought about, like, what, how would we book this? How would I want this to happen? Where would this go? And why does it make sense? And and all our psychologies were different. So, um, and you know what, though, folks? And this is the great part. You know, maybe you're thinking, like, man, I could book that. Let's hear your five. Let's yeah. hear your five yeah, out of five. Because I'll tell you right now, um, you know, the, the, the experiences are different. And, again, um, Chris, again, I, obviously you've seen some ECW later on, but you didn't watch oh, ECW yeah. when it happened. No, not in its prime, unfortunately. You know, Luke and I were lucky enough. Um, that he, we, uh, well, I think Bob found it, right? Yes, I yeah. believe Bob was the one that found ECW originally. On, on yep. MSG at 2 on in MSG. the morning on Friday, yep. Friday nights into Saturday mornings. So we watched we watched ECW when ECW was real ECW. Fast-paced, cut-up music in high-end, which is kind of lost now when you watch it without the music. And it's kind of yes. like, you know, like, well, okay, it's all generic music. I'm like, oh, man, it's really good when it was really kind of cutting-edge. And it's not TNN and stuff like that. Like, we had different experiences. But by the same token, you know, I went off to college and I watched ECW. And that's when, you know, me and my buddy Steve and and Mark and I was watching that stuff. Luke was home still. You know, and while we might have watched the same stuff, our our relationship to the product was then different, too. You know, so. But I think I think our listeners uh, hopefully would, have, you know, even though. Maybe this is a little late in coming compared to, you know, November when it was supposed to drop. Um, <laughs> you can appreciate that we put a lot of time and effort into this and th- thought about this stuff. And let's see what you guys had to do. You know, yeah. give, us, give us your best five on five. Maybe you grew up. Hey, maybe you grew up down south and you were a big Memphis wrestling fan. Maybe we're going to have, you know, the, the Jerry Lawlers and the, and the Jeff Jarrett's and the and, the um, you know, maybe maybe Iceman King Parsons shows up on your team. I don't know. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> I don't think anyone's putting. I mean, I'm, I like Iceman King Parsons, but I mean, if Iceman King Parsons is on the team, then John Tatum better be on the other team. I'm just saying, yeah. Hollywood John Tatum. You know, kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. So if you would like to send us your 
dream Survivor Series babyface and heel teams or feedback about anything to do with the show, you can email us at getbacktotherestling at yahoo.com. That's getbacktotherestling at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for our Facebook group, conveniently named Get Back to the Wrestling. And if you're on Twitter, you can follow and interact with us there at GBTTW Podcast. That's GBTTW Podcast. We're very much looking forward to hearing from you guys. Yeah. Um, also, you know, make sure you check out the hashtags. I hashtag stuff all the time on Twitter. From my personal account, I, I, I tag Luke and his thing. I tag it all on Facebook. Get back to the wrestling podcast. Uh, get back to the wrestling. The N1C Mafia. You guys are the N1C Mafia. Thank you so much for your support. N1C, N1C Mafia. You'll, you'll see those tags happening all the time. I do tag some stuff on Instagram. If you're an Instagram follower of mine, um, you'll see sometimes I'll tag things on there when I put things up. But, uh, you know, we like to hear from you guys. And, again, um, you know, like Luke said, any feedback at all, you know, is great, too. Um, and the nice part is, too, your experiences are different than our experiences. Even if you watch, even if even if all of us watch the exact same pay-per-view, our experience with that pay-per-view will not be exactly the same. It might be very similar, but we could we could watch the exact same thing, all of us, and get something different out of it because we've brought something different to the game. And, um, you know, I think tonight showed that. I think, you know, we had some crossover. You had some ideas. And uh, it's it's interesting sometimes when you when you have an when you float an idea out there. Like Luke floated an idea out there. And I'm like, ooh. And I got my little book out here, um, which unfortunately is still not a Roman Reigns, uh, you know, or WWE <sighs> notebook. Hey, this moleskin book is nice, dude. It has, like, like the, the thing. Well, you I got moles. <laughs> yeah. It's got some moleskin. And the front has got a mole. Um, but I can go back and I can look at like, you know, like, uh, you know, the best finishers and stuff like that. And, you know, whatever, um, cause it's all in one book. Uh, but you know, the idea being is we can take this idea and like, well, that's a really cool idea. That's, oh, oh man, how would you do this? You know, kind of thing. And, um, and there's been ideas bounced around that are like, Ooh, that idea might be too hard to book. Like my 30 man Royal rumble. I don't think I'm booking that. Uh, you know, but I, I can I can book it, but no one's gonna want to hear me. Go, so that, that's gonna be a five hour show, and then at yeah. number seventeen, income. <laughs> so so at number twenty, this is gonna blow your mind. But it's gonna be you know like the return. Schwacker Luke, yeah, and he's gonna last exactly seventeen seconds. You know, um, you know, kind of thing. But so. To this uh, day, I still think that the Berserker should have won a Royal Rumble. You'd think he'd been really good at know, it. No, man, but no. no. <laughs> you know, and you know what's it's crazy to think about this? Going back and having watched all the Royal Rumbles in a row, because I did it this summer, um, how much, you know, Rick Bartell hung out in those Royal Rumbles. Yeah. Right? Good Lord, he was, the, for a guy who never won, I don't mean never won and, like, was close. He never was close. He was in there a long-ass time. <laughs> Well, well, you know, the model, he's got some great cardiovascular conditioning. He can go, you know. Well, that was always with Greg Valentine. They're like, it takes Greg Valentine 10, 15 minutes to get started. And then, <laughs> so when Valentine's in the Royal Rumble and he's in there 30, 40, 50 minutes, like, this is a match. That's good. Fucking Greg Valentine's exhausted. You know, <laughs> you look at Keith, like, uh, uh. So, um, and I thought it was, and I did just real quick when I throw it out there. So we, we booked three Royal Rumble, or three Royal Rumble. For three Survivor Series matches, Greg Valentine, the Honky Tonk Man, and the model did not make any of those teams. <laughs> and I think if you look back, they might be some of the team people who were on more Survivor Series oh, yeah. teams oh, yeah. maybe than all time. 
But you know why? Because they were they're good hands. They they're guys who you could believe in the ring. They're guys who'd be like, oh, I would have Greg Valentine and the you know the honky tonk man and you know and like I mean you had Tito Santana on there, which makes perfect sense. You know, Tito Santana fits that well, right? Yeah. You know, and Ted DiBiase, of course, and you know guys like that, and you know even Andre the Giant was on a number of teams. But you could have guys like we, especially when you're filling out a card. Not just you know you're trying to make a best five man, you know guys like Roddy Piper and you know, the 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 you know Jacques you know, the the you know, the, the, the Rougeau brothers and whatever, um, those guys filled out a lot of those teams because you got to fill out you know the whole card. It wasn't just like nowadays where it's like oh we'll have one match and like oh, one match yeah, yeah which yeah. which drives me crazy. Oh my god, you got all these people on the roster that you're not using. You yeah. can't have. You can't have one for SmackDown, one for Raw, and one for the women, you yeah. know, or something like that. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, and, and it's cool, too, too, is, and again, we didn't mention it here tonight, but I think every one of us appreciated when they did the tag team Survivor Series oh match. Oh, my God. <laughs> 50 There's men no around room, the ring. Yeah. <laughs> it's all those guys around yeah. the ring. And, and, and yeah, and they, they did one of those, not this past Survivor Series, but the year before. Yes. And because and I remember at the time... That's like holy shit. Gallows and Anderson are on a roll. Yeah. They they eliminated two teams with Magic Killer and they still didn't win. No. So. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to be like, quick, we gotta get these numbers down. Quick, Magic Killer works. So. Uh, yeah. Like good brothers, go clean them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because there wasn't. It's a big boot, a lariat toe, a one, two, three, and a payday for you and me. <laughs> I was saying, wasn't the revival in that match too? I mean, just yeah. like, oh, I was like, no. I think the best horseman lineup, <laughs> Flair. Anderson, Blanchard. <laughs> you know the sad part is? That's their ride-along. And yeah. it's them getting coffee and then doing the best horseman lineup. And I'm like, I would be disappointed if it was any other discussion yeah. except, oh, my God, do we need to get coffee? And then let's do yeah. What do you think the best one? Well, I think their best lineup would definitely have to be Flair and Anderson, of course, and then Blanchard. <laughs> but I don't know about Wyndham or Oli. You know, kind of like, <laughs> oh, my God, you know. So I think we all agree it's not Paul Roma, um, and, and I don't need Taz to yell at me anymore about Paul Roma. So they uh, did get yelled at on 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 you know the radio or well at least a, you know I guess well, it was broadcast it was live. Yeah, he was, was yelling fun. at me. We're waiting, Jason. Come on back. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> and we did. You know, it's and it wasn't when I called in because I got yelled at when I got called in before. But you know, I, like I'm like I can't call in. You hold the phones down because I would call in and get yelled at. It's okay. But anyway, so. Um, thank you folks for downloading and listening. I know Luke said, you know, get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you know, any feedback would be great. You know, if you send in your five on fives, we'll read them here and I'm sure we'll oh, yeah. expound on them because, yes. you know, and, and if you send your five on fives, send your booking, you know, don't just send us like, you know, here's these five and these five, send us your booking on it too. Like, Oh, I totally could see, you know, uh, you know, let's say it's Hogan and Duggan and, you know, Kerry Von Eric. Like, wouldn't that be a team? How about ultimate warrior Hogan, Don Morocco, Kerry Von Eric, like every guy's got the perfect body. The other team is like Bastion Booger, uh, yeah. you know, uh, like, um, um, like yeah. Damien Dement. No, not Damien. He was in good shape. Um, Norman like, the, no, mental like, patient, uh, the Mental Patient. You know, <laughs> you know, typhoon. Bundy, typhoon. You know. <laughs> and, I, and again, I'm not picking on. I love Typhoon. I literally <laughs> do. I, Fred Ottman's the man. I have the the classic. The the the. Um, the elite yes. retro tugboat, yes. which oddly enough, I, I never noticed this until I, I got the, the elite tugboat, but they got this really great, 
the packaging on the elites is really nice. It's the full box package and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got this great photo of Tugboat on the side. You know something, hair metal hero Chris Tyler, if you're looking for a Halloween costume idea. Oh, boy. <laughs> Tugboat Taylor might be in your future, man. Uh, Just grow, grow the goatee Tyler. in. Got to grow the goatee you know, We shall see. The ladies do see. love a man in uniform. It's sort of like yeah. a uniform, isn't it? Uh, I'd like to squeeze my fat ass into like an X-Men uniform or something. They <laughs> <laughs> just get the stripy shirt, the little white hat, walk around going, ah, <laughs> then the next year you put a turban on, you go as, as chic tugboat, right? Because that was going to be a thing. <laughs> no, I want to be culturally insensitive and go as the, the, the African dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing with Akeem, that's way more of an outfit. Like, I, the, yeah, the, doesn't it look comfortable though. No, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Look, but but, but the, the, the sheik tugboat was an actual thing that was supposed to happen. Like, no, he wasn't going to be the sheik tugboat. I don't know about that, but yes, he was going to turn on Hogan, yes. and that was going to be WrestleMania Seven. Yeah, <laughs> but it was going to be like, 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 like there was, and and they were going to make a, they were going to make a wrestling figure of it because there's mock-ups. Yes. There's mock-ups. Yeah. There's, there's no two up. Sorry, I, mean, I wish there was a. Tugboat. Well, no, that well, that no, that there, that's right. There was, there was the the tugboat, but he stopped being tugboat. That's why they made Typhoon. Yes. But yeah. but anyway, that's that's again that that's that's a bit esoteric. Yeah. So. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, again, folks, thank you very much. Again, send if you if you're going to send your five on five, send your booking with it too. We'll read it here on the show. You know us. We'll we'll definitely expound upon all that stuff. Um, and thank you so much for downloading, listening. Uh, thank you for all your support, the N1C Mafia, everybody. You know, we love you guys. Um, so until next time, folks, we'll see you at the matches. Are you going to take care of Ron Killens? What kind of disgusting, despicable lack of respect does that Billy What's-His-Name show booking a match for the total package Lex Luger and Super Brawl? Super Saturday? What is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Super Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday? Can he afford to pay me to wrestle run? I don't know. I'm one of the biggest legends and stars ever in this. God. Ugh. And your t-shirts are too tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me against Ryan Killings. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. No, don't you walk away from me, Daniel. Don't you walk away. I'm the one that loves the fans. I'm the one that loves everyone and everything. You're the one that gets up and walks away every single time. You're the coward. Will you stop?